0: That that looks like what my what I'd have wanted my room to look like when I was six, seven years old. <laughs> yeah. Behind me. Is I would have if I would have I would have just yeah. I would have just had my I'd have booked my own Royal Rumbles all day with that, man. I just I had a ring too, man. I was yeah. I was I was I was doing all my own episodes of Superstars and everything with my toys, man.
1: <laughs> every from the 80s, every kid was. You are not alone with that, man.
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely. We yeah, we, we all we all eighties babies, man, and, and and we still around, man. This is another episode of Monday Night Means. Yeah, I got my. As always got my man Drew down with, he's down in the lower third this time because of our guest, I guess jump beat him into the into the room. Uh, <laughs> he's pretty excited to be on as always. And we're we're excited to have him on. Of course, as is the one and only Deadrian Cologne who, you know, social media, savant, you. you know, uh graphics, graphics uh, genius and everything he, he made the made the imagery that you see on this show uh and everything and so many other shows for for war and and, el- and elsewhere you know so uh definitely has been a great supporter and everything of our movement for a while and um you know I, I've, 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 I've we've done this you know several times before where i've just sometimes I've just done i've just gone live with before this show I status the show i just would go on live at times on mondays with dedrian and talk wrestling because that's a, a shared passion of ours and we have a lot of discussions about it you know us and and the minds would often be involved in it too but uh this this i was i was thinking about you know when i was going to bring dedrian on this show to talk wrestling and i think this past weekend was a good time. To do that, coming off of this past weekend, because Friday was a particularly interesting day with wrestling. They it's it sort of it was a day that evoked back the memories of the what was the Monday Night Wars in the nineties. Has now become you know the Friday Night Wars. You know at, at least you know this is yeah, this was sort of like the, the jumping off of that, that happened uh, last Friday. So we'll, we we're gonna talk about that in a little bit, leading up. To seven o'clock, and our second guest of the day, which will be uh, the the legendary Cheryl Ray Stout of WBZ, uh, she's gonna help us complete our talk on the Chicago Sky, which I'm gonna get into in a minute here, as well as uh, you know, jump into probably gonna do a little bit on every major Chicago sports team, uh, you know, uh, sort of like say, sort of the traditional. Uh, CSC talk there, you know, we, we buying or selling these these teams here in Chicago. One thing that I kind of noticed was a lot of, you know, they seem to be, uh, you know, at least under the surface, a lot of, uh, uh, you know, head coaching talk, firing talk, possibly in Chicago right now. I'm gonna, you know, get the details with that later, but but uh, you know, off off you no know, off the jump though. You know, this is a, a pretty victorious Monday here in the city. You know, you usually can't say that because the Bears, and they, you know, they <laughs> they messed up again oh. yesterday, of course, against the Packers. But, you know, as, as, as difficult as that was, and as difficult as, you know, I was mad that the Sky Game, personally, I was mad that the Sky Game wasn't on Channel 7, and it was on ESPN, and you know, through some through some personal situations, I had to scramble to just simply see the game Sunday because you know, like to 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 paraphrase Bernie Mac, you know, some of y'all budgets is messed up too, you know?
2: <laughs> or the fact that the game was on at the end of the, the Bears game, man, like right, that too, that the the
0: overlapping. I mean, it part stuck. of that was why that I stunk. Part of. Part of that was why I didn't I didn't go anywhere yesterday because you know I've been I got credentials for the Bears home games and you know I wanted to be credentialed for the Sky couldn't lock that down so instead of you know making the instead of trying to make the choice of what what I try to do or whatever I just stayed home and, and watched everything but then I I was I was mad as hell because I was for an hour I was like damn I'm not gonna be able to see the Sky game but then I figured it out but at the same time you know like like you say Drew we had to overlap and there was it was during like the second half of the bears game and you know you had you know it, it just was inconvenient but but anyway you know what what was good about it though was that right after the bears lost you got that high from the sky winning and you know it was just an amazing it's just an amazing story overall what they did this year the team, you know, breaking down the components of the team, how dope they are at basketball, but also how dope they are as people. Candace is was a perfect star to come and, and top off this team and make it into, like, a national story, but also galvanize Chicago and make Chicago feel like, you know, it really that the team really represents us and really represents our love of basketball and all this and and this and that. And I think it's, it's been, you know, we'll see tomorrow too. They had, they're going to have this, uh, uh, par- parade scheduled tomorrow. It's going to run from Wintrust to, uh, uh, Millennium park, uh, by Randolph, Ave- <coughs> Randolph Avenue. And, um, I think I, I think the city a lot of the city would come out for that too, even on a Tuesday and um, you know they definitely came out to the arenas and and sold out crowd. It, it was a, it was really a, a whole the whole throughout the whole playoffs it was a atmosphere that I've never seen for the day before and it, it was really big time. We made we made that series bigger than I think it would have been if it was Connecticut in Arizona. Going against each other, you know, I I don't think you know, ESPN would have been leading off uh, sports centers with that, you know, if they if it was if it was that series, Chicago made you know, we showed out for this series both on the court and off the court, and uh, you know, it may be a game changer for the WNBA. I'm gonna see what Cheryl thinks about that in the next half hour, but no, just starting off with if if not any specific things that jumped out to you or that you feel, you know, resonated with you about the sky and they run.
2: Um I'm just I'm I'm happy. I'm happy that they 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 pulled it out. You know, we talked about this um almost you know, every show we've done on on running, we've incorporated the sky into what we talked about, just the fact that You know, they hadn't lived up to expectations um, for different reasons. uh, And that, you know, they brought Candace Parker here with the goal in mind that they would be able to at least uh, make a deep run in the playoffs and and having the injuries hit, uh, having having, coming out of the gate of the Olympic break and going 500. And it's looking like, man, we're not even sure they're going to beat the wings. It was – it was crazy, man. And, and even in this last game, for them to start off the fourth quarter um, down nine to go on a 9 run, the adversity they went through just in that one game alone was kind of a micro, microcosm of the season. And I, I tweeted this. Like, it almost felt right. Like, they because of how the season had gone, it was only right that they had a similar uphill battle um, to clinch their first title. And I'm just happy for them. Uh, man. Got a little dust in the eye, seeing Candace Parker crying and hugging her family. And
0: yeah, yeah, it was,
2: it was, it was special. It really was special.
0: And a lot of emotion was involved, you know, with, yes. with Candace and for the team overall. Go, go ahead, Dejan.
1: Yeah, it was. I, um, what I like most about it is, I've had the privilege of seeing most all these sports championships in my life. So it's like, wait a minute. Another championship. We get the <laughs> CT. Yeah. And Rogers is my. It a perfect palate cleanser. Like, you see that, and then, like, and later you're celebrating a championship. And like, and it, I mean, that that's the perfect, you know, perfect thing about, you know, living in the city of Chicago. You always have that alternative. It was such a good thing. Like, come home, ship here after all these. Former players, they almost got fired or anything like that. She comes back, and brings the title, and you just see the jubilation on all all the players and stuff that they went through to get that. Time. It's like this is dope. This like bears. For, forget <laughs> it. Um, but yeah, all that's right. that's you what know.
2: I. Yeah. That, I mean, that's what I like
1: about. It. It, it's like bears. It's like they need to get stuff together. and. and you know what's funny? That on Twitter, the Bears actually tweeted out to the site. The comments were, "Yes, <laughs> they were roasting <laughs> Bears." <laughs> Maybe you guys should take notes on how to bring a championship to the city. <laughs> so, I mean, that 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 mm. was dope, man. That was. Uh, why would you? Tw- I mean, I know you tweet out at this time after Aaron Rodgers beat you. Wait till Monday. Like, wait till it's out. Like,
0: oh yeah. But you you know so these, that's, these what, that's what that's what I, I that's
1: what I enjoyed about
0: it, man. These other teams they can't help but piggyback when they could because they so far away from success. They're like, oh, this 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 other team here in Chicago got some success. Let's try to gleam off of this so that people can forget how sorry we are. You know, the Cubs did doing that too, actually, by the way. And, you know, the Bulls kind of – the Bulls are doing it too, but the Bulls are in a better position than the other teams are at least. You know, except, you know, like like on one one side you got, you know, the Bulls and the Sox you you can still be positive of overall, even though they disappointed in the postseason. And you got the Sky who are now a reigning champion. And then you got everybody else, you know, the, the Bears are yeah. the Bears, of course. Uh, the Cubs are down in the dumps again. They just introduced this new GM today, so they they got another clean cut young white dude who do, I guess they think is going to, uh, uh, you know, be like another Theo Epstein or something. But you know, we'll see. But they got they got they got the Cubs. Wait, what are you say? But you got the you got the Cubs, you got the Hawks, you know who are, you know they didn't got up to a bad start too, you know uh you know not looking too too hot coming out the pipe in the NHL season. So, you know, I, I these you got to fall in line, man. You either going to be out here, you know, if if you ain't winning there's options. Like 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 the like Dedria says, man, you know Chicago gonna find a winner one way or another. You know, <laughs> they, you know somebody put up uh, they they put up a tweet yesterday. It was like, uh, uh, you know, one of those no nobody nobody's talking. Then it says Chicago sports fans, and then it had a video. Of, I don't know if you ever see the video of, of Denzel talking to Jamie Fox, and and Denzel was Denzel was speaking about getting women in the club. He was like. Oh, I'm gonna come. I'm gonna come away. I'm gonna come home with something. <laughs> and, it, and the context was that <laughs> the, the context was, was that <laughs> it's, it's funny, but that like seeing them oh. talk like that is so funny. Like, but the you know, the context is that we gonna come away with something. We gonna come away with with a championship somehow, and that's what the sky was on, man. The sky was like like you say, Drew. There was, they were, you know, back and forth like throughout the year, you know, will they or won't they? Will they start to live up to what they were, the experts were to get in the year? Then the playoffs, you got like two games in a row that are do or die, uh, win or go home, as it were. And then, though they got into these series and they started really kicking ass. And it, you know, like the team that we thought they would be, they did it at the right time. But, you know in Sunday in Sunday's game specifically you have the the late game deficit you know I, I was talking to uh you know shout out Larry Holly and uh Jack Silverstein on Twitter we was all talking about the Ninth Bulls and how they had that 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 difficulty in game six of their clinching cha- championship series they were down similarly like with 14 16 points in the fourth quarter, then they started snapping, you know, Bobby Hanson, people remember Bobby Hanson, you know, they they bet started coming alive and they, you know, wound up taking, taking control of that game and winning that series on, it was the first series that they won in Chicago at the old stadium. So I, I, I remember like, you know, get, you know, going again, going back to my younger days, I was about eight then, but I remember that vividly and I, I had a similar feeling of the game uh, to uh, yesterday with the sky, where it, you know it's it for for a hot second it was like man we got to pack up and go back to Phoenix go back you know uh, do that concluding game five but you know they had the heart man Candice and Kalia and all the girls they had the heart and they was like no nah, we ending this today and we gonna win in front of our people and they created a, a a moment that's gonna go down in Chicago sports history so shout out. To them most definitely. And um we'll we'll talk a little bit more about the sky. Like I said, we'll share a race stout, but you know, I got Dedrian here. I want you know, Dedrian does house of wrestling, wrestling, I should say. Uh <laughs> gotta pronounce it right. And uh, you know, just been out here in social media, he's he's building up his platform there. He loves wrestling. And he loves the, you know, so so many things about it that it's not just it's not only just the shows themselves, it's like the industry around it. And you know, one thing that, you know, really always builds itself up that over time, you know, there seems to always be something like this that happens at some point, is there's you have the wrestling rivalries, the wrestling wars, and they play themselves out not only with the shows that you see. Uh, that are you know that that are broadcast on TV but the ratings that they get and everything and the publicity that they get from new from you know mainstream news sites as well as the the wrestling focused media and uh, you know what we got we're really knee deep in that now with WWE and the upstart you know you really can't call them upstart anymore but still very young aew. And uh, you know, I think if, if some of you have seen some of my earlier conversations, me and Deji have had, like uh, you know, on certain Mondays and stuff, we talked about how this has grown over time. And you know, it's gotten to a point where last Friday you had like uh, a combined uh, five out, like yeah, about four or five hours of programming on Friday alone, uh, f- yeah. Two and a half hours from WWE and two hours from AEW. And they overlapped from 8 o'clock here in Chicago to 9.30. So you had on YouTube, you had uh, starting on at 8 o'clock on YouTube, you had an hour of AEW wrestling for free on YouTube. Then you had, that was going up against uh, WWE, which was on FS1 and they got bumped to FS1 f- from his normal spot on Fox because of the uh the baseball playoffs. And then at 9:30, you had for a half hour both shows were uh on for a half hour straight un- uninterrupted, no commercials. Uh, uh AEW was on TNT and WWE was uh still on FS1. And this was the first time that they were sort of on e- Uh, promotions on basic cable and so you could read you could look at the ratings from both shows and be like, okay, if one got more ratings than the other, more got more viewers than the others, then you know you get bragging rights and all this and that. And you know Desrian, I'll let you go more into it, but you know oh, what was your take on what happened Friday? And you know, from from both a creative standpoint and from the rating standpoint it's sort of a mixed bag where you had you know in some cases WWE looked a little better because they t- they tend to skew older the viewers for uh for WWE and 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 they usually get more overall viewers uh you know and they and that's what they did this Friday but AEW gets more of the key demographic which they call it which is between 18 and yeah. 49 that's that's the viewers who, you know, uh, people want to market to, uh, you know, commercial people who buy commercial time and stuff, companies and stuff. They want to market to eighteen to forty-nine year olds, and so they're called the key demographic. And in wrestling, they, it, the key demographic means as much as anything for any type of show. But well, go ahead, Dejan. Yeah. So, um, um the
1: radio. Think about it. and I believe Spectrum had close to 900,000 viewers, and AEW had close to 600, um, which, really, everyone would focus on the total viewers, but in this day and age, especially with social media, streaming services, that's part of it. It's not the whole, um, I believe Raw and... Hi, it was like thousand, like, like three hundred and forty thousand. That's interesting because you had show that started on FS1, so it's at the same time. So thank God for an iPad, a smartphone, and air stick that I would age. All those things are <laughs> But Nonetheless, man, it was it was fun. Um, it was fun because you saw two different pro- programs and talent here. You got top talent here. Um yeah. of course WWE is gonna get the higher, what,
0: what, higher uh, right, right over. Right <laughs> I say right quick, speaking to that difference and how it was sort of counter programming. Like that the nine at the top of the nine o'clock hour, you had on AW CM Punk wrestling And one of his, you know, he's he's been just a world of of, uh, publicity since he's come back to wrestling in August. And, you know, still riding off that wave. But he appeals to a lot different, to a bit of a different audience than what WWE was going for at the same time because they were, they uh, had a women's champ, not winning a championship match, but a match between two of their top women talents and uh, Sasha Banks and Becky Lynch. So... For a lot of a lot of people, you would have an overlap where it's like they would like both matches, but it is sort of like two different things happening there. And and one thing that I was thinking, like going back to the nineties, yeah. with it's it like how how much of an evolution this is, or how much of a change this is. Like like Vince McMahon would have never thought to compete with WCW with a women's match in 1997 or 98 or something like. But in two thousand in twenty twenty one, that's what they put forward as you know in in this ultra competitive situation here. I thought that was sort of fascinating.
1: so that match kind of like tapped into the power, and then it went straight into their tracks and as happening. AEW went into the Ruby Soho The Bunny match What I think is that (laughs) Ruby Soho Bunny actually had a high demographic rating Roman Reigns and Lesnar Yeah Mm. And I know Wait what? I I had a lot of No way And yeah they uh, Demographic And I'm just and that's crazy. Now for me, I love the numbers with wrestling and stuff like that because let's say a social media consultant. I deal with analytics and numbers, whether it's Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, you know, engagement is like that. So, yeah, I have no problem with wrestling fans. Oh, I hate numbers. Wait, is it the ratings? is it the viewers? like, you know, it's shut Because if you have a numbers mean money. That's like, it's stupid. Like, maybe I'm not trying to vent, but it's just stupid. Some wrestling fans complain, oh, I I hate the numbers. Then stop doing the damn podcast then. You want to get paid. Numbers make money. Um, and it was, man, Kyle, it was so much fun. Because uh, normally they pages because, you know, trying to run a venue, you know, two days out the week, you know, venues, is kind of tough. It's a lot of Um. But man, the match of all shows, and it was on YouTube. It was, Dan- yeah, Brian or Brian Danielson. I mean, my god, De- that yeah. match was oh,
2: yeah,
0: it, it that's, that's crazy. The, the, the greatest match of the whole night was entirely on YouTube. It wasn't on network TV. wasn't on cable. It was on YouTube, and that that kind of shows again another shift in the priorities. Yeah. And that's something that it seems like Tony Khan is willing to bring more so than Vince McMahon in WWE is where, you know, it's more of a accessibility to different kinds of, of audi- of the audience yeah. in different ways, instead of trying to shepherd all of them to this one particular network or whatever that, you know, Yeah. uh you know, AEW is more about the fans having, things their way, the way that they want to have it in a more modern way.
1: For instance, a lot of people get on WWE and and, Elevation, and what a lot of people don't know is that WWE main event is actually on Hulu. And YouTube has YouTube. I mean, you've already on your phone. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know, whatever device. So it's accessible. And
0: what's another crazy thing to really look
1: at YouTube?
0: You know, say another crazy thing too is that YouTube is such is so prominent in other areas of the world, and WWE takes advantage of that. Like in in India, in China, well, not China, of India, but Japan and stuff like areas like that. They get mad views from those areas of the world where they have more of an of a foothold in the viewership than AEW. AEW is more strictly an American phenomenon f- at the moment.
1: Yeah, and the numbers internationally for AEW is really, really picking up. The World's match and it's hard the total view this is just YouTube because actually uh, AEW the smart thing. It will be simulcast on, on their Facebook page their Twitter, and YouTube. So, so it was on all three platform uh, viewership on, on youtube was 68,000 once it, maybe halfway through the bump up to like i think it was like in 10 minutes it bumped up from 68,000 to 88,000 by the end of the match it's 68,000 just that match alone so you had in a, in a span of mm. Thirty minutes, thirty thousand viewer in, and you know a lot of people. I don't care what, whether it's A-W-S, you know, you guys and your platform. I mean, YouTube is the new mod syndication. It's, it's no conversation. That's a new, you know, YouTube is conversation. Everything it's smart. Anybody could watch it in any language, in any country, and. Your viewers and stuff like that. So, when you want them to come and pay content, boom, there you go. So, I mean, it was it was a smart move by AEW. Mm. A nice counter because SmackDown, extra like two, four, an hour. You have two hours. Why are you like that? Like, like, you have a bad time trying to look three hours on Monday. Like, why? Why? <laughs> Why? Why WWE? Oh, don't do it. Oh. And uh, outside of the listener, kind of the same. You had two minute women, which that's a whole nother show we can talk about, Kyle, which, like, okay, you have, and each match is going two minutes. Really? Yeah, yeah all right, whatever. You treat you them treat uh, like Yeah, color, man. It, 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 it was a good front. Yeah. And again, on yeah. the other side, you got Ruby and Buddy going about five, eight, ten minutes. So it's like, mm, yeah, but I mean, it was a show. good show yeah, for AEW rough, against. Yeah. 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 Good show by AEW. Um, probably the first. Thing be. um, put it out. You know, I won't WM- be surprised in the next two and a half and are working together. That that's just my my inclination because I still go back to when Jericho was on Colts podcast on the WWE Network talking about AEW candidly, I'm like, mm, yeah, there's something in those. Like there's something, and they're talking a lot about each other. Actually, now <laughs> Tony Khan and Roman are going far. <laughs> what? What is? This? But hey. Man, yeah. If you were a kid in the money and I but because it, it ain't so much vindictive like it was there was so so much personal and just animosity where now it's just like <laughs> hey man, a lot of you guys are buddies. It's a lot
0: like hip hop. Yeah, it's a lot like hip hop.
1: like they want to make money.
0: Right, right. It's a lot like <laughs> hip hop, you know. You you have beef still, but you know, you'll have to worry about cats getting shot. You know as much, yeah. And so I mean, they, at they the end of the, the day,
1: 90s, yeah. And at the end of the day, I mean, a lot of these guys they want to cost promote because they know, hey, you, you're gonna stop WB and E.W. You know how much that's like? Everybody's eating that day, that's, man. That's, that's my take, Kyle. It was, uh, uh, it, it was really good. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, we we, we I'm going to have definitely have you back on on future Mondays to talk more about uh what's going on in wrestling. There's you know, there's a big show that WWE is having later this week in Saudi Arabia which comes with its own issues because you know, Saudi Arabia isn't the most open society, but uh they give WWE a lot of money to go to uh to to take their shows there uh every year. And um, you know, there's a lot, like I said, a lot of interesting stuff on the horizon. And uh Dedrian typically has about fifty to seventy-five predictions that he unloads at the at the end of a year, uh Damn. you know, for the Before next year. So we're we go, we gonna go under those at at a certain point. What do you say?
1: Thank you, man. I'm half done. I have to another month or so. much I'll release it. I'm I, I, not ready
2: yet. I'm like
0: not that. ready yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll you get them ready. Right Thank you. We're going to unveil some Thank of them. Thank you unveil for having we gonna me. We're going to unveil some of them. Man. Yeah, man. No doubt, man. Try, uh, <laughs> I, I, try, to, try to enjoy Monday Night Raw. I know it's it's hard, but, you know.
1: <laughs> I, I have a, I have a dark elevation while I watch it. Oh, God. I'll let you go. And I.
2: Uh,
0: right, <laughs> yeah yeah go ahead thank you man we'll talk to you we'll talk to you again soon
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Dedrian Cologne definitely a true original mm-hmm. and uh, we bring in our next guest of the evening uh, again like Dedrian very much adorned uh, you know a lot of adornment in her room we gotta step up Drew, Man, we gotta get some some photos, <laughs> this open,
3: man. This <laughs> is almost thirty years. Excuse me, almost forty years of collections and stuff like that. But yeah. my husband, I, I had these. I had most of the stuff put boxed away and everything. And when we moved to this house fourteen years ago, we had this little room in the back. So my husband just, you know, exploded. And I still have like stuff. <laughs> if if, this, if,
2: but, if, I were, if I were to visit, what would be the first thing on your walls that you would want me to see?
3: Let's see. <laughs> you see that? Oh. You see that banner?
2: Is that '96?
3: That's from that is from '98. Oh, '98.
1: Uh, okay. okay. <laughs> I was in, when I was, in, I was in I was
3: in Utah, <laughs> in Utah, and Michael had the last shot. I actually have some of the the uh, net too, and I was leaving the facility, and you know you're you're in the place where they lost, so you know the guys are taking the banners down. They're kind of ticked off. I said, hey dude, can I can I get one of those I'll give you 10 bucks? He goes, yeah, I don't care. I said, give me 20. I mean, give me give me two and I'll and I'll give you 20. And he goes, oh, okay. So I gave one to Les Grabstein.
2: Oh wow. Oh God.
0: I'm, I'm sure he appreciated that. Well,
3: there, there's so many stories with Les and traveling with him that that would take up like five hours.
0: Sure, sure. But uh, great to have you all, Cheryl. That's, that's the type of stuff you just get off the cuff from Cheryl because of her, her many years covering Chicago sports uh, and just a legendary career, a trailblazer and all that. And, uh, you know, we're really glad to have you on uh, Monday Night Means for the first time. You know, definitely have shown a lot of uh, love to uh, uh, our programming over the years from uh, Second City Sports to the Dean Davis show. And uh, just glad to talk to you, and always glad to see you out and about. Um,
3: that means I'm alive, right? I got a pulse
0: going. <laughs> hey, yeah, we all live. we all blessed to be alive, definitely. But uh, what one thing that made me want to get to you uh, get you today was I saw you tweet yesterday. I think I think you said this was the Chicago Sky was your 13th championship that you recovered yes. in Chicago. So that's you know that's alone is pretty amazing you know uh, <laughs> over over like like say 35 40 years you know that's you, you, a great it's a great record for you as a journalist but also a pretty decent record for the city you know and
3: but there's a lot of places in between where there
0: was nothing (laughs) yes that's that's right we all know we all know that you know we could be worse though we could be Cleveland or Detroit or something but you know that's but you know but I'm just thinking about that number 13 and you know it's the first in five years with you know we talk about the Cubs in the 16 having won the first basketball title since 98 when you got that banner you know so I you know, just want to get your thoughts, uh, you know, to, to to begin here on this latest championship. You know, what do you think about this team and how, it is, how it's emerged? And what do you think its sort of lasting place will be as a Chicago sports story?
3: Boy, there's so many timelines and, and things that went on with this team. And when they first, 15 years ago is when this, team joined the WNBA. the mm. first year coach for that team was dave cowens and he lasted one year i oh, mean wow. it was a horrible year the only redeeming thing going there to cover it was that's how i got to meet a senator named barack obama because mm. he used to go to those games <laughs> so when people were talking about oh he's tweeting about you know them winning the championship no he was one of the first people that was at those games that he's not a
0: bandwagoner
3: no 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 and and i kind of got like hey man you know people should be a little more knowledgeable about that one but but then of course you know this team this this organization has had more valleys and peaks um in 2014 of course they went to the finals and that was when they had two future mvps sylvia fowles and elena delado And both those players asked to be traded. So, you know, you you end up losing those two players, but because of the one trade, you get Kalia Copper and Stephanie Dolson. Think about that. That's what... And so you go forward, and when when James Wade gets the job, November of 2018, there was only two reporters at that press conference. There was TV cameras but two, me and another person. That's it. Covering this person taking James Wade becoming the head coach and also the uh the general manager of the of the Sky he replaced Amber Stocks who was let me just say not an easy person to deal with and previous (laughs) to that it was Pokey Chapman who actually had some success but not enough right but when James Wade took over what, what what you saw was the beginning of meshing this team he knew Ellie Quigley And he knew Courtney Vandersloot. He knew Courtney Vandersloot more because they, he coached her in Russia. And the interesting aspect will be, you know, we, we, we talked a lot about with, with the women this last year was how James Wade got the job and that it was Candace Parker that talked to Courtney Vandersloot saying, Hey, you guys really need to make, get him your head coach. This is when he was with. She was with the Sparks, but that was discussion actually happened overseas. So it, it was it was him getting that job, and then he and I, and I do believe there has been, it hasn't been easy for him to be a GM and a head coach. I don't think it's ever easy to have that dual uh, job title. But what he was able to do was getting those two players, Ellie and Courtney, to believe that he can make make it work, and they trusted him, and he was able to get. You know, he made some trades and he, he had he, he made misses on some draft picks, but he also was able to turn those over and get replacement players. I mean getting Diamond De shields in the draft was, was was really good, but also trading uh Katie Samuelson, you know, and getting Azure Stevens. You yeah. know, so those type of things is why they were able to build. And I think 2019, remember they were they were in the in, in the playoffs and they had a uh, horrible ending against the aces you know they had they had the ball they, they should have finished the game made a mistake and they lost the game and I think that was a learning process beginning of the learning process for this team then, then you go into the bubble and the bubble was not easy for any team and they had injuries you know Diamond and Shields was injured you know Ezra Stevens was injured yeah. um and and when you hit but but I think what that did for a lot of teams, it worked or didn't work. I think it solidified the chemistry that you would have for a team. And so they knew that they were okay, that there was some really good positive things about their their organization and this team. So then you fast forward to February and February is what changed this organization completely. When you have a free agent from Chicago area, from Naperville Central, was a number one draft pick who's a former mvp has won a championship in candace parker and you get her to commit to sign one of the things that they sent her portillo's and they sent her uh, her all this food but but it was she knew james and she wanted james to be a a sparks assistant coach so it wasn't a hard sell to be able to come on this team and, and join them but the fact is that they had, they met with some of, the, some of the players, met with her, and cemented it. And when she signed, that's when everyone knew this team could be really uh, special. But then you get into the season, and you, you know, the pandemic is still still around. It was, you know, there's no fans. It, you know, things were going well, but then Candace gets hurt, and Candace is spraining her ankle. Being out nine games they win in that seven game losing streak and you're going oh boy you, you know well you know
0: that was brutal <laughs>
3: and and then you have the olympic break yeah which was really you know that's another difficult thing they come back and all of a sudden things start jelling and then you start playing good and then they stumbled at the end they finished at 16 and 16 and you're going okay but they got in the playoffs and the one thing that you know learning now is you, if you had the talent, if things go right for you, just get in, just get in. Yeah. And I really believe in, and I asked James Wade about this after the first game I go, how much is a single game elimination help your team mentally for the next state? I mean, how, you know, because it's like everything matters. It's not like a series. And he said it did. And, and the women said yes, yesterday that both those games, those first games being single elimination really helped them hone and they got healthy. Ashley Stevens was healthy. You know, Diamond DeShields had her health. Candace Parker was healthy. Yeah. Ellie Quigley, this time, she was healthy. So that, that all mattered. But then we saw something that we had seen somewhat last year. And then at the All Star game, when she represented the sky, Kalia Copper took that leap. She yeah. became a star. Her athleticism. Her ability in, in transition basketball is just un- unbelievably sound. And so you have her, and, and, and the thing is, because Candace Parker made her believe in herself, counseled her all the time, talked to her, mentored her, and got her to a point where she believed anything is possible. And that, that's hard to do when you're young and, and, and you know, you, you, you weren't getting that type of, of play previously to this year. So you have that and then you have this this run where they beat the best defensive team and the best team in the league in, in in connecticut and then you play phoenix and winning and i and i and i believe if you taking game one matter taking game one took took it away from the mercury and yeah they lost game two in overtime but they could have won that game that game was winnable it wasn't as though that yeah. they you know they, that that you know, era was a big loss no it was winnable But what they did Friday night at a sold-out Wintrust Arena was insane, insane. You hold the team to less than 26 percent shooting, the worst shooting performance in WNBA history, and you kicked their ass. Right, (laughs) they did. The place is crazy. You go into Sunday expecting things to be good. You don't know. You know we didn't know because you you're playing against one of the two of the three of the best players in the league, you know, uh, Dickon Smith, Brittany Griner and Tarassi Right. And yeah. Griner was, real, a, that's a real big, that, those are, those are, you know, those are hall of famers. And the fact is, is that they had control of the game and you didn't know how that game was going to go because the crowd kind of got silent. It wasn't as loud as it was Friday.
1: Because oh, the game
3: yeah. was scary, you know, what was going to happen. And what was interesting was watching, you know, yeah, you know, they they, they, they had a 14-point lead in, in the second half, and then it was 11 points in the fourth quarter. But Allie Quigley, who was the only player that practiced on, on Saturday, she was practicing her shooting, has 11 of her 26 points. She hits those three-pointers. And you could probably feel that, you know, they're itching towards – a win, but it was when Candace Parker hit that three to tie the game at 72. That was it, you knew that was it. And I think with James Wade putting in Stephanie Dolson when Ezrae Stevens had her fifth foul and they wore down Brittany Griner, she wasn't she couldn't get those points, you know. It was like it was she had layups or she had just you know, like a five foot shot, wasn't dropping. You can, so I think that wore down, Tarasi follows out, she's all, she's all ticked off, <laughs> you know. Sorry, sorry. But, but it was Parker, Quigley, Vandersloot, Dolson, you know, and Kalia Copper winning, and the place exploded. It was, you know, I've, I've been in all these championships, this was unique, it was different. You're talking about a pandemic, you're talking about not having fans yeah. at the beginning of the year, a team that could hardly draw fans, Having a packed house filled with people with Chance the Rapper there, being very supportive. Patrick mm-hmm. Williams of the Bulls is there. Jesse mm-hmm. Jackson is there. It was a celebration that this organization needed and the WNBA really needed it.
0: Yeah, and I, I want to get into a little uh, bit of that. But, but Drew, yeah, go, go ahead say, uh, and say what you want, Drew, right quick. We'll I was just going to say,
2: you, you spoke about how kind of the uncertainty of that game and it being kind of quiet and, un- and uneasy in there. I, I, ha- I had a tweet that I drafted where I, I, I said that I'm getting vibes of the Bulls and Cavs and in 2015 when LeBron hit that, that shot, that game went in the corner and just kind of sapped the rest of the energy that the Bulls had for that series. I, I was going to send that off had they lost, but. I'm so glad I didn't have to. Like, I can go ahead and delete that. Um, <laughs> but it, it definitely was it was uneasy for sure. It definitely was uneasy um, times going into that fourth quarter. And like you said about quickly coming on and Candace Parker hitting that big three. I want to say they scored 27 of the 43 points the, the teams had in the in the yep. second half. So they really, you know, Kalia copper got them. You can say she got them to that game and then the veterans took over. Yeah. Um, which is really what you want to have happen.
3: Yeah, and you know, Candace Parker, again, her leadership is, it can't be overstated. Her leadership and knowing what was really at stake. And, mm. and, and these players all had, they all had, except for Candace, these other players had these different types of zigs and zags in their career. And so somebody like her who didn't, who knows what it's like to be at the mountaintop, was able to guide them and say, look, this is how it can be done. I trust you. You trust me. We'll get there. And I think with James, I think James Wade deserves a lot of credit for making a lot of the right calls and, and, and he, he has a lot of one-on-one relationships with these players, you know, where some, some coaches are like, it just, they gloss over the whole team. There, there's something about the way he is with these players that they're very, very close. Courtney Vandersloot and him are very, very close. Yeah. And one of the things he's going to give her, and he didn't do it yet. And we've probably done it since then, he was going to give her a mirror. He wants her to look at the mirror and say, you, who you are, you are, you are great. And she should be able to say that because she doesn't, you know, and, and, and so, you know, we have all these, and we put it in the context. This was a win that the organization needed this is in individually all of these pieces, all of these players, all of these coaches needed to, Because it's solidified that they are good, that they are better than good, that they're actually almost on the point of you could say great. Yeah.
0: There's a lot of self-affirming that's involved in that. <laughs> and, and that sort of spreads throughout, I think, this fan base and the city. And you getting you got into it a, a minute ago this show about how this this whole scene just sort of emerged like you know we've had a couple of, of uh collaborators here chris pennant uh james k they've done a great job following uh the team throughout the years In recent years and, and with them getting into that that nice building that win trust arena you know not having to hop around from rosemont to uic or whatever they found a home there and the i think the amenities and the sort of bigger time environment of that place, along with more investment in the WNBA overall over time, has sort of made people feel more engaged with the league and more like, "Yeah, I'm a WNBA fan. What about it?" You know, we, you're the one missing out on the game by not watching these games and not attending these games. And I think a lot of that whole energy, along with the energy that Chicago just seems to have when when we find a winner. When we stumble onto a window because like you say it doesn't it doesn't happen every year so when we stumble onto a window we just really get behind behind them It just we erupted into this whole in, this whole uh, uh, you know energy like a volcano like from under the ground that you know nobody saw this coming at the beginning of the summer <laughs> you know but by <laughs> the by the fall we're we're yeah. celebrating this team more so they are celebrating the Bears right now They we're celebrating the Sox you Know the, the, I think if you if you thought early in the year who would be the next Chicago team to win a championship, probably 90 80 90 percent of people probably say the socks, but the socks fell apart at the end and the sky make it making it Skytober in the sky town now. And we're gonna have a uh, you know, a parade in downtown Chicago tomorrow for the sky and not the white socks. What do you, you know, What do you think about that? When you think about that? We you know when they're taking that in.
3: Well, you know, baseball is so different. You're talking about 162 games and then you get into the playoffs and, and a lot of things can happen. can happen there. Whereas this was different. You only played, you know, only played 32 games and you had a break in between. And then you only, you know, and you have these single game eliminations and then you're playing five, you know, a best of five, best of five. So you have a you have an opportunity. You do have that opportunity. And, but it's really incumbent on the WVA, really incumbent on the Chicago Sky to market this team, to market yeah. this. Win- when they didn't have mar- merchandise at Wintrust to sell, are you kidding me?
2: Man.
3: When they put a game on, Sunday against NFL football. Yes. Are you kidding yes. me? That was beyond ridiculous. Shell, they
0: re-ran Shell, this, is, this is amazing. They re-ran that for 30 on the 80s Mets on ABC and they put that game on ESPN. That made no sense. You put game one on ABC why didn't you put a deciding game on ABC? Mm-hmm. You, you make the league seem second rate with stuff like that. When you have when it, you talk, when you have stuff like that. You don't have merchandise at the stadium that makes the league look second rate, and it, it makes the league look second rate when you can't have the the team who lose who loses come out to talk to the media afterwards. That's second rate stuff,
3: and that's where the players that's the players' fault for for not yeah. coming out, and that's also the league's fault, and and the league should have. And I don't know if they did or didn't, but but I know in the NBA, because I covered all the other Bulls championships, I know how that works, is that the league, and the the WMA is kind of run by the NBA, but, you know, I mean, it's kind of hard to figure out who actually is running anything with the (laughs) WMBA. but those players should have been told before the game, no matter what happens, we expect you, you, and you to be out there. You're to talk. You're representing the team. You're representing the league. You, you know yeah. win or lose you got to be out there because it's important to continue the growth of the league because the league has has been stilted as far as its growth because of many things and and one of the things and the the thing that bothered me we're sitting there you know and none of those phoenix players came out they were angry okay yeah you're angry but somebody should have come out your captain should have come out. Yeah, she broke the door in the locker room. You know, there, it, it's, it's, it's it's just moronic to, to not realize that you're not, you're not it's a stain on what you did, but you're also doing something to the future of the league when you act like this, and that, that was ridiculous. And the league did a lot of things. They did some things good, but there's some things that they did was really kind of amateurish. There should have been a stage on the court after the you know after the the game, they should have put right. a stage on there so that the players you know to elevate the players to elevate it because it it was a mishmash, you know it just it looked disorganized, and then, <laughs> they the loudspeaker goes, okay all the fans got to get off get out of the arena. They they literally <laughs> told the players they told the fans to get out of the arena, and I am like what you know they, so they kind of like watered down a good time so people were forced yeah. to go and it's not a bad thing but it's like you make these stuff they, there were things that they did with the media. they didn't tell us what they were doing they I, I see an email that still didn't make a whole lot of sense from them as far as with what the media can and can't do um so what you know tv crews were doing they just said forget it we're going to do whatever we want so they were grabbing players you know any way they wanted and and, and I thought, you know, it should have been handled much better than it did, and that's yeah. something that they have to look at themselves and figure that out. You know, um, we 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 were talking to James Wade, and Clea Copper comes in to grab, you know, to grab him to go sh- to celebrate, and and they were kind of, you know, and and he was and, and he was a little upset uh, because of the WNBA people said, no, Clea, why don't you stay and talk? Because you know, they understood that you know we got to, you know, they got to keep things moving. But the players seem to not understand that. Well, that's up to the league to tell them this is what happens if you win. If you've never won before, you don't know what you know what's supposed to happen, right. and, and that was that was a problem. They should have they should have uh, handled much better than they did.
0: Yeah, it's, they they still got a lot to go. I mean, you know, you could say a lot about the way we as a society support women's sports and and things like that. But they, they got up up in these moments themselves as well. The BA. There was a time when the NBA was not getting support on a grand level in society. People thought it was too black a league. It was full of thugs and all this stuff. The, the league they took to, upon themselves.
3: They, to, they, to they used to tape the finals. It yes, wasn't finals. Yes, tape the late
0: final. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> I mean, that it could be worse. <laughs> we can talk about how they did the game yesterday. It could have been worse. But, but the league took, you know, they were blessed to have certain talents into the league. But they took it upon themselves as well to market and themselves and make themselves into one of the great to the league that it is essentially and you know i think like you say cheryl the league has components that are there they have talents that are there that they can market and promote and they have a team in a city now that's the champion that you know takes this sport seriously that takes the league and they need to take advantage of that going forward if they don't then the league is not going to advance from this when it very well could but they got to take I think they got to take the sky seriously they got to take Chicago seriously they got to take themselves seriously in the way that they did with the media and so well you
3: wanna... the thing the thing is you're talking about Chicago's market how big that is yeah here, here, did you know what they they were doing with with the women um, for travel during the playoffs?
0: Well, I know they were they were
3: was, making, they they made, make, not flying they, they were they were yeah. flying commercial. Yeah, and and you know, they're going. They're flying commercial. They had to fly, take three flights out of Connecticut. Oh, actually, they, they would they went out of Hartford and and um, also Boston Logan's Airport. You had to have three flights for these women. And then, you know, because the coaches were complaining, they finally changed it. That's how Neanderthal some of the thinking mm-hmm. is with that league. And even
0: Right quick, Drew. Right quick, Drew. Uh, I say, as low as she was, she has gone through a lot with yeah. her giving birth and stuff. And there was a state right. that were, there has been reporting about how she had to get uh, you know, from her people in Russia, who she played for, to to actually take a private plane so if she could be there on time to see her wife give birth uh, right after the the last series against Las Vegas, where she clinched that. So she's been she has been dealing with some things. I don't know if that factored into her actions yesterday. I don't know. I'm probably not really an excuse there, but you know she you know like I say they they do the WNBA players. To a woman, have to deal with other things that other professional athletes don't have to deal with, especially in the NBA. And this, you know, that stuff needs to be changed.
2: Yeah, no, that, that's what I was gonna say, Kyle. And then just to the to the fact that you know you talked about them kind of doing some things that are that are second rate. Like if you want to be a first class league, um, you have to act like it first. You have to make people respect you. You have to get that respect from from. You know uh the rest of the country or people who are still for whatever reason you know they turn their noses up at women's sports in particular the WNBA, for whatever reason you have it starts with at the top it starts at the top and it kind of takes its way down i can't tell you how many times i've seen on twitter or just family family and friends who are like man I, i want some chicago sky merchandise but i don't know where to find it i think Someone said there was stuff at um, Dick's Sporting Goods, but there wasn't any clear Copper jerseys or Candace, Carp- uh, Candace Parker jerseys available. Which is that's nuts. That's so much, so much uh, revenue that's just you know not being not being uh, taken taking advantage yeah. of. I,
3: I I I do wonder if it has to do with the supply chain issues, which which you point. know I mean because most of, where's that stuff made yeah. in China.
0: That's
3: a good yeah. one. so I, I kind of wonder if that but but with that said for what I, I I also um this is fanatics that they had the most sales of championship wear from the WNBA the last uh the last 20 left 12 13 hours ever wow. ever yeah. for a champion yeah these are things that are all fixable None of this is, you know, like, oh, you know, it's a big mountain that you have to climb. No, no, this is all stuff that would be fixable and could be done. The problem is, I kind of, I'm going to get on my little high horse, which I I do often. Um, It it was bothersome that the TV crews came out yesterday. They weren't even there Friday, and they weren't even there in the last playoff series, and they were not on the Zoom calls. And the all to sport, yeah. all sports stations, there was nobody there representing either the two all sports stations there too. So that's yeah. that's a problem because those stations are run by old white men, and those old yeah. white men still don't believe in women's sports.
0: They don't. I don't. I, I wonder. I don't know how much you listen to either one thousand or the score today, but yeah, I haven't listened to it. I wonder how much they talk. I guess. I, I would expect maybe some show, maybe a Lawrence Holmes or something. He, he's the only one that does. It.
3: Yeah, he's the only one that will talk about it. You know, um, yeah. but the other ones, it's like they're having a root canal being done when they have to mention it.
0: But well, <laughs> we, we got to talk about about the bad bears. You know the, the how Aaron Rodgers owns now he, he owns <laughs> owns all of Chicago now. I always <laughs> own you. But you know, <laughs> right? But I, I I guess I I do you know I I would uh, regard going over the rest of the t- teams with you cuz you put in so much work to cover all the teams across town here for WBZ. So I, I before we wrap up, I do want to sort of hopscotch around the rest of the yeah. scene, you know, uh with you and and let's start off of course with those Bears. You know, I've seen you up at uh you know, up at the press box in Soldier Field this year and and you know, I know you worry about the the temperature there. So is it, have you have you been?
2: Sorry, it's it freaking cold.
0: <laughs> yeah, the shell shell never has enough clothes uh, on in in the, uh, in the in the press box field so. It, it, for good reason, though, it is it is pretty cold up there. But but you, you know,
3: lake? no, they have air conditioning.
0: On. They don't they, right? They oh. have air conditioning on top of it through
3: the winter too. <laughs> <laughs>
0: But but yesterday it was it was a pretty you know the the, the chill probably was felt when uh, when Aaron Rodgers struck once again and um, you know there's a couple the, the Bears had a couple weeks where they were starting to feel good about themselves again and you know I was worried about this entering this week where it's like the Packers always find a way to party poop on the Bears and they sort of did that again this week. Do you think it was a a permanent setback for the Bears in this also is just another you know another run in with the Packers same old same old
3: well just imagine next week they're playing Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers what do you think yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this is it isn't a prime-time team and, and thankfully like you're, that driving game more yeah. you're driving a car and
3: it's going straight,
0: also... <laughs> <laughs> yeah right no, the whole yeah. car just bust out at once yeah
3: we're seeing the growing pain pains of Justin fields and and that yeah. should be expected and and you may not like the decision that they were starting Andy Dalton, but there there was a reason why and 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 we're gonna see it, but and I do like that Justin's now he's got the job, okay. So you're gonna have to go through that you know th- that the whole season with him, but you hope you hope that he learns quickly. and I think he can. You hope that he doesn't get killed because I think he can with that <laughs> offensive line
0: behind that line, you know, line yes yeah
3: but what the, the, the one thing I did like I have liked in these last three games is Bill Lazor calling the plays and I do like that they've they're util, utilizing their running backs you know you see a, another rookie this is their third starting running back that's, you know, that, that was able to you know do great. something
0: a little Herbert.
3: Yeah, i mean yeah. the kid the kid is he's you know you're taking the sixth round and you're able to be a starter. I mean, think about that, how, how great that is. Um, and, and I think that uh, Bill Lazor has come up with some real good ideas as far as how to use, you know, an extra tight end or ex- like Alex Barr's an extra offensive lineman as, as a tight end, you know, when, when you need the blocking there. But the thing is Justin Fields has got to learn is how to go down. He's also got to learn the, the progressions. That, you know, he's got – and that – that and that doesn't come quickly right away. It will come, but I don't want him getting hurt in the process. That's the thing that concerns me more. I think he's a smart kid. I think he's got a great arm. I think he's got a lot of moxie, and he's got a lot of confidence, and I like how calm he is. He's a calm yeah. player. You don't usually see that with young quarterbacks. Usually it's like they're, you know, they are have some sort of ADHD. <laughs> he doesn't. <laughs> so there's a calmness about him, and that's what you like. But um, and, and the defense, you know, if it wasn't for Jalen Johnson, you, you look at that secondary and you go, Eef, can anybody tackle in the safety position? I don't mm-hmm. think so.
0: It, yeah, I'm, what's up with Eddie Jackson? You no, know, he's bad enough he's playing the way he's playing on the field. Now he wants to, to get smart with uh, Lance Briggs on line too. It's like, come on, man. You, you haven't yeah, earned that. that right yet, <laughs> you
3: know.
2: Yeah,
3: you know, sometimes it's great when you ex- extend a player. Sometimes it's not, and I yeah. think it's not at this point. You know, I, we can almost say that. You know, unless he has an epiphany and, and then all of a sudden you see him, you know, start tackling people like he's supposed to. Right now, he's not playing good at all. And and yeah. you know what? If I'm if I'm Matt Nagy, I would think of starting somebody in place of him. I would start Dion Bush. You got to send a
0: message at some point.
3: You got to, well, you know, and Gibson's not, You know, he he's not, You get up and down with him, but I think Eddie right. Jackson really. I think Eddie Jackson really has to have a lesson, and and not starting him would probably do it, but I don't think they will. I just I just think you got to do something in that vein.
0: I wonder if 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 how if, if it would be any different if like a Dion Bush was a little more healthier. Like Dion is, you're not. You know, it's not a big talent, uh, you know, uh, increase there, but I think he works harder than what we've seen from some of the guys who have, who have been starting in, in that safety position. But, yeah, you're right, Cheryl. Like they, But, again, it goes back to the way that they tend to some of these positions in the offseason. You, you leave these holes blatantly sort of in the, in the defensive backfield, on the offensive line. And then you wonder why you have trouble uh, containing certain offenses and doing things to do on 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 your offense, such as uh, you know running the ball consistently or protecting your golden young quarterback. You know, when you don't tend to these things, when you don't put money into the areas of the team, you know, you 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 set yourself back.
3: And that's the problem. You know, their salary cap management is god awful. And you know you and you they did restructure Robert Quinn's contracts to give them some more yeah, that was like a good three, move. Million, three million dollars relief which you know obviously you're gonna you're gonna need that because you're gonna have to start picking up somebody for some of these replacements I mean the fact is that when you have to go, you have to rely on a 39 year old uh, he's been a great player in his career the Fly
2: fishing.
3: To, <laughs> yeah I, it, you know, yeah I mean that's. It, it's kind of saying it's an indictment on poor management when it came to filling that roster out and not retaining players you know Charles Leno wasn't the greatest left tackle but he'd be you know he would be a better component on this team than not he's available um,
2: yeah
3: yeah he's I mean wonderful. so mm-hmm. they, they, these are some there's some there's some and 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 you like you said you got to protect your quarterback and they and they're not. You know, in, in the way they should, and this is something that we have to figure out what's going to happen. You know, you got to go through the whole season to see how this all plays out. But will this finally be the nail in the coffin of Ryan Pace as general manager? That's going to be the key because this this is where it really is showing through uh, the mistakes he's made. Besides, yeah, that, you, you know, a quarterback an hour. Some do, people, do you feel some like
0: people have said that the the him doing make a move like deferring money with Quinn sort of signals that he may be in a better position than we'd like. Because, you know, you you're making decisions about the future that you know you, you really shouldn't be making if you if you were like in your last
2: year or something, you know. just right, or just, I don't, or I just mean, the fact that they were able to draft Justin Fields. You know? Yeah, that too.
3: It, it, ju- just, Justin Fields was you're doing Justin fields because you made the mistake on mitchell trubisky you really have to look at it that way hmm. you know and, and then that's, then that's you, probably you know, as
0: much know. about Maggie keeps the job than anything like here we're giving you the guy you do if you mess but, but up no 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 he, it
3: was john fox john fox was the head coach when they drafted mitchell trubisky and no man i mean, I mean, I mean, I mean
0: I'm, I'm talking about uh this uh yeah i know oh, that with, i'm with, talking with, about with right, right, right. Uh, Justin
3: fields yeah
2: with fields yeah but, but, do you do you guys think it's a package package deal in the sense that if you let one go, you need to let both of those guys go and just start a new? That's how. If I would you do
0: it. if you
3: if you if you get rid of the GM, you have to get rid of the coach too, yeah. because they made they've made that mistake in the past. Yes. You know when they had Lovey Smith and, and Ryan Pace. You know they made that mistake in the past, mm-hmm. and then you know you, you know the, this organization has got a lot on its plate and i live in i live in an area where the uh, new you know new arena is going to be it's going to be very right. interesting so they want to have a <laughs> that ownership needs to have a product that will be able to transition into a new stadium in a few years really Cheryl, have-
0: my, my worry about that and you know i'm i'm pro moving out of soldier field i'm not so pro moving out of the city but you know i'm i'm i've I'm under, i understand them doing that, but my whole worry is that eventually they'll do that, and you know those first three or four years or ten years maybe even it'll be all hunky dory. Everybody be excited. We'll have we'll finally have a modern stadium and this and that. But they'll still be the same team that they that they've been this year and that they've been for thirty years now. And then eventually is that it won't matter. It'll just be that they'll be pocketing more money that. McCaskies, and, and we'll be getting the same product that we always get.
3: i i differ with you on this this is just my theory you know we all have theories at this point my theory is whoever's going to help finance the team that,
0: oh, the, that, oh, that ownership okay uh,
3: yeah. finance i'm sorry finance the stadium there's going to be some other money involved with that
0: yeah so we have to may be that may be needed
3: Right. And, and because in order for them to, to have this whole transaction, you're gonna need some more money and they have money but not that big money, like a Jerry Jones right. or you know, or somebody like that.
0: Because so, they, they haven't owned their stadium. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And,
3: and there's a lot to that. If there would be naming rights that they could never get because, you know, the soldier field is, is leased. Right. So there's a lot of things that they could make money off of, but I do believe in order to have that initial drop in the bucket of you know $4 billion or more, um, you're going to need somebody else. And that other so, party is going to want a piece of the team. So mm-hmm. I, I do believe at some point you're going to have a, a change in the ownership or or the percentages. Because remember, there, the McCaskies are not the only ones that own the team, too. There are two yes, other they're, partners they're in right. there, Andy McKenna right. and Pat Ryan. Mm-hmm. So, okay. you know, don't forget the fact of those in two. You're I right, just kind of
2: right. spinning it back to <laughs> the end of that game, and, and I know there's a lot more season to go. You know, regardless of our expectations for this team, but I just really want to know what was going through <laughs> Paces' mind, Phillips' mind, the McCaskey's mind when they heard Aaron Rodgers say what he said. Right? Like, <laughs> Obvi- obviously, he's been sticking it to us for a long time. It might have been one of them who gave him
0: the double bird in the in the.
2: Proud, right? <laughs> for, for him to for him to that say it, tough. for him to say it is it, it's, it's different. It's different now. It's different now. Like I said, he's he's been doing this to us for a long time. But when you hear him, you know, stick out his chest and say, "I own you guys," and I've always owned you guys, and I'll continue to own you guys. I just wonder how that stuck in their craw, and and what that when we get to the end of the season, how that will affect how they view. Pace, how they view Nag
3: how they view Nagy and, and what will happen
2: moving forward.
3: I yeah, see ninety eight year old Virginia McCaskey going into her son's office and saying, "I'm pissed off." <laughs>
0: <laughs> she got some fire in her, don't she? She, she oh she, they, does. They, she they, does There's some stories that come out about her. Have you have you interviewed her one on one?
3: I even interviewed her. I've talked with her. Um, (laughs) The funniest story about that is when they were making her available for the 100th anniversary, you know, I asked if I could do an interview with her and they said, Oh no, you can't. They only let the TV people do it. I said, okay, fine. They said, you want to do (laughs) George? Okay. So I did, I did a 45 minute interview with George McCaskey. So, you know, I didn't get, I, I didn't get her, but I, I was able to get mine a lot more information out of George than maybe somebody else because B E Z gave me the ability to, to do a long interview.
0: There you go. You you, all, you always make a way, Cheryl. You, you a way. Hey,
3: <laughs> at this point in my life, in my career, I don't give a rat. You know what? <laughs> it's like, I you. you can't, you, I can't you. you can't, you can't. I mean, it's,
0: you can't survive as long as you've been a journalist and, and, and yeah, not feel any other, other way.
3: Yeah, you know, I mean, I, the, the the interesting thing right now is the te- the teams are becoming more and more difficult because they now have the power of denying media. They have the power yeah. to put things on Zoom. They have the power to decide who you get to talk to, how long you get to talk to them, and if you get to talk to them. And that's going to be a problem for the media and the fans. Now, right, they're saying they don't care. But just imagine if you only get your information from the teams through their social media. Right. Part of our, part of our jobs as journalists, sports journalists, we're the consumer advocate for the fans. We mm-hmm. get the information that the fans really want to hear. not something that's been glossed over, you know, uh, made into a shiny object and making you believe everything's okay. It's up to the media, the working media. To be able to tell what's going on not social media but the working media to be able to say this is hey this is going on you should know this you know but we don't have the access
2: to that point wasn't um jalen johnson the only player from the defense that was made available and he ended up kind of skating out early
3: yeah that's i mean but that's 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 that that's a problem like like i mentioned with the phoenix you know mercury they they got away with not talking Mm -hmm. um you don't have players available. Like sometimes you're after a game. You say, "Hey, we need to talk to so and so." Oh, they're already gone. You know that. That's and and again, they like it. Why does Ryan Pace only talk before the season and after the season? Oh yeah. I've never. i you know I've been covering this team, you know, for a long, long time, and you know, like his predecessor. Phil Emery. Now you may not like Phil Emery, but but let me give you this much about him. He was available anytime, all the time. He mm. would come up to you on the sidelines of a practice, or if he saw you in the lunchroom at, you know, at Bourbonnet, and say, Do you need anything? You know, that's that's what a that's what a general manager should be doing. The only place that Ryan Pace will go on is on the rights holders, you know, radio yeah. station. Or, or their social media that's not putting the feet to the fire of somebody that's making these big decisions and i think that's something that you know and and i and ever since i started looking back at the reduction of, of availability before the pandemic and it all started with Ryan paste mm-hmm. we used we, we, we after when we were down at Bourbon uh and i actually I, I cover the team but platfield and stuff like that but I want, I want to make it more of the recent past. When we yeah. were at Bourbon A, we were able to talk to players as they came off the field from practice. You could go up to anybody.
0: Oh, yeah. I, I, we were there a couple years, and David. We were there a couple years at in, in Bourbon a. I mean, And, and yeah, you, you, what you say is very that with that accent.
3: Yeah, now, I now still, we can't do it.
0: Huh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's... it, uh, And it changed changed right around that time when I hired and everything and and the team changed over again and yeah but one thing I I will give I'll give credit to and part of the reason that I've been able to get into the press box along with some other I had a gentleman on a show with me who who's uh working for a Spanish no a Polish station uh he's actually uh, (laughs) a Spanish gentleman he's uh working for a Polish language station it's kind of fun but but you know the Bears have actually extended the press pool this year, and they're actually doing some press availability that is strictly for journalists, uh, for African-American journalists later this week uh, that I'd likely be a part of. So put in some work that other teams haven't in regards to trying being more available and accessible to independent journalists color, and journalists from less traditional backgrounds than the big TV stations and and, and all and the rights holders and all that. I give them credit for that and I, I'm proof of that.
3: And, and that's, that's a good thing, because what, what I dealt with when I first covered that team, when I, the first week that I was asked, my, my boss sent me down to cover practice and I went, this was the team that won a championship. When I was denied I went to walk into that locker room on a Wednesday, and those players circled around me and said things to me that you would never say to anybody, and did, wow. did things to me, wow. and I and I was forced out and I had to sit outside. So at least they, they're better than that, but they they're starting to treat me pretty crappy now. So I, you know, I'm I'm having a real issue with them about that.
0: Well, uh, well, uh, on the other side, for what I just said too, is the thing. Well, part of it, and part of it is you know COVID and all that, but you don't have really one-on-one access between with players anymore. You know, in the locker room or elsewhere. You know, you only can talk to them in those scrums. You know, right. after the game and stuff. So, uh, it, like you say, it is limiting now and it's controlled. You know, by they want to control it, and that's not. A-
3: the the you know the one the one team that I covered um, recently. You know, this during the you know as the pandemic has eased a little bit, the White Sox, we could chat with them from the in the dugout and stuff like that. Once we were able to get you know, allowed to be on the field, um, they're they're the only team that we, that was a, that allowed us more one on one access if we wanted it. The Cubs did okay. not. We could we could we could talk to David Ross uh, before the game. That was the only person that was made available to us like that. Every they they started to relax a a teeny, teeny bit at the end, but not much. So some of these teams got to understand because I want to see, now the Bears are different because they're going to sell out, but if they keep losing, they they would change. But I want to see what the crowds are going to be like for the Blackhawks and the Bulls and the Cubs next season when – will it Will those places be filled and what are the season ticket base going to be like because if it, if that shrunk because people's lives changed during the pandemic their money yeah. changed their social habits changed you know and so with that said if we don't see filled arenas or stadiums how are they going to treat the media that they don't like
0: <laughs> yeah well, I, I think we, we look at those remaining teams. Uh, you know, let's, let's try to touch on each of those before we wrap up. But the Bulls, I think, are not a good place, particularly, you know, and a lot of that has to do with the work that they've done to redo the team and make it, you know, possibly more competitive. You know, what what are your thoughts right quick on the Bulls and how they sit they're going to start off uh, the new season Wednesday? You know, do you, are you encouraged by what they, they got going on?
3: Yeah, I was just at their practice uh, again today, and and I, we we're talking to Zach Levine and Demar Derozan, and you, you're talk they, they they feel that there's they're really complementing each other. And what Billy Donovan said, he's been using the practices for scrimmaging. He, he said they need to get playing time, you know, together, and and that's that's the one thing he he's concerned with, is because they have to figure out okay who who is where when, and so they don't have turnovers, and so they, they can make the right plays. So I, I we'll see we may not see everything perfectly for the first couple of weeks, but I know they want, because they're playing opponents that are lesser than them, that they should be yeah. able to take advantage of that. Um, but Patrick Williams, they don't think he's going to be on a, a limit restriction, but he could be. They don't know yet until tomorrow because, you know, they're trying to figure out how, how he's feeling. But I do like what Lonzo Ball's been bringing to them. I oh, do yeah. like the way he passes the ball and the way he facilitates and the way, you know, the defense is going to make the defense will determine how good these bull this bulls team will be because I think Zach Levine is at a different level. Now winning the gold medal and being with other stars, not just in an all-star game, but was competitive where you had to win. I think he learned a lot. So I think he's made the next step. The only thing that I always be concerned with is, is health. You know, how healthy will this team be? Because, you know, we, we don't know with COVID if there's still going to be any issues, but this this team has a lot of positive. This should be a playoff team, but I don't know how far they can go.
0: Drew, you wrote you wrote too about the transformation that and how they buy the experience in, uh, and the Olympic
2: stuff as well. I did, I did. I you know I felt you know as Cheryl said that things are just look at the arrows pointing almost directly up for this guy right now, man, he's, he's done a lot. He's changed a lot of people's minds, including my own about what he is and what he still can be. Um, He seems to be incredibly motivated. Um, Shortly after he made his first all-star game, he's talked about already wanting to make an all defensive team, um, all NBA. Uh, So I think that the, the sky is the limit. I'm hoping that that Olympic experience Proves to be kind of like the impetus for him to take his game to a whole nother level. Him playing with Lonzo Ball and DeMar DeRozan and Vucevic and for a full season now. He's gonna have so much less responsibility, so much more time to spend off the ball and catch and shoot situations where he was dynamite. So um, I, I just, I hope that he's able to, him and the Bulls able to get some more victories and he's able to get on that level that people now see Devin Booker to be on where they didn't before Chris Paul went to the Suns. So it's it's going to be exciting Ooh. times. I've definitely seen them as a the playoff team, um, even with Ben Simmons going back to, well, whatever capacity he's going to be with Philadelphia. <laughs> I think that the only, the only, only, and even with that and with the situation with Kyrie Irving, I still feel like the only locks in the East are Milwaukee and Brooklyn. And then after that, I mean, Miami, Miami. I, I, I'm a Jimmy Butler stand, so I, I'm with you, Cheryl. I'm I love not. Jimmy I'm not a Jimmy Butler fan. <laughs> I am not.
3: But I can get
2: it. He still like yeah.
0: him.
2: I'm not mad at you for that. But <laughs> Miami has their own <laughs> sets of questions <laughs> with their depth. Um, but I, I just really think that there's a there's a world where the Bulls can ascend to maybe as high as the fourth seed in the East and end up hosting the playoff game. I'm not. I'm not. I wouldn't necessarily put money on that. But there's a world where that exists. I think.
0: It's definitely a possibility for a breakthrough this year, just how much.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, th- you think about it. Last year, you, COVID was really an, an issue for them because you had five players get COVID on, on January 1st. You know, think about that. They yeah. had it from the, from the get-go. And then when they made the big trade, how, they only had one.
0: How different season? would the season have been if Zach didn't have that?
3: At the last year, you know, he, 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 missed, he missed 11 games. He missed yeah. eleven games, but as I Plus said, he had that, that
2: ankle injury.
3: Yeah, but when, when you only have one practice after you've completely revamped your team, how can you get? You know, you're trying to do it on the road, in in a you know in a restaurant. You know, what I mean, you can You you really can't can't uh, find. So, I, I kind of look at last year as kind of kind of like uh, Billy Donovan getting to know Zach Levine. And Patrick Williams and Kobe White, and that was it because everyone else was gone until the you know. Then he, he got some of the new players, but I, but I, I'm getting you know we don't know. I, I think Billy Donovan's the right person at this time for this team, and there's something about him that these guys seem to take to. They they trust him, and I think that that's so important when you when you could trust a, a head coach like that. Um, it, it's just a matter of do they have enough talent when they go against the big teams because they're they're going to be playing small quite a bit vukovic you know what he said they're going to be they're going to be small a lot of their positions except for center um but but it, it's going to be interesting to see how they gel and and how far they can go because they can they can do pretty much good damage if if lonzo ball can shoot which he hasn't been able to do in his short career. <laughs>
2: Mm-hmm. Don't I'm forget about Russo.
0: I can be, think he's gonna be like the unsung yeah. hero of this team. Yeah, definitely, definitely. It, it, we may have at least one winning team in the UC over the winter. I don't know about the Hawks. I'm, I'm already seeing some oh. calls for Carlton, uh For Carlton's head, you know, how, how hot do you think his seat should be right now after start?
3: I, you know what i they 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 move slowly when they they to fire him because you know that was this a stand pick for his for a head coach um but they gotta look more inspired than they do they gotta start off better and they you you're giving up goals you know seventeen seconds into a game that's that's beyond ridiculous um they're de- you know we're seeing the same problem they had with defense last year the same problem can't defend um so Mark Andre Fleury, uh, the flower. I think the bloom is off the flower at this point for him.
0: <laughs> oh man, that's rough. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what the Hawks. Are. Uh, I guess you know baseball. You know, like I said, the Sox. You know, they they're looking towards the the next season, and it looks like they're they're going to stay with Tony La Russa and everything. We pretty much know where they're at at the moment. I don't know how much they're going to hit the the hot uh the hot stove or whatever but you know with the cubs you know you mentioned how things could change for the cubs how they're being uh, looked at the you know perspective I mean, they just introduced this Carter hawkins guy as GM today you know you got any thoughts on you know where the cubs at and where they could be evolving
3: well the interesting thing is see how how are they going to spend their money because what we heard a lot from Jed Hoyer and Tom Ricketts did in a in, a, in an email, um, they're talking about spending some money. The collective bargaining agreement is up on December first, so we have no idea where baseball is going to be after December first. As far as, you know, will it be smooth over? Will they have an agreement? I it's hard to tell. But the reasons why they hired this GM is because he came from where he what he did in the organization that he came from the Cleveland now guardians is starting pitching. They knew how to draft and develop starting pitching, which has been the sore spot on this Cubs team. When you only, the only starter you really can go into next year saying, okay, he's going to, you can put him in pen is Kyle Hendricks. Mm -hmm. Everyone else is like, "I I don't, I don't no. Nope, nope, nope. <laughs> um, you know they, they have some yeah. young talent, but they don't have anyone that you are you feel confident about that you could put him in. You know, um, a just, you know Justin Steele, you know Albert Alzolay. You just don't know about them what they can do. Yeah. So that's yeah. important. And then they have to simply realize: Is Patrick Wisdom and Frank Swindell really, really major leaguers? Are they really?
0: We, okay. we got They'll have the chance, I guess, to prove themselves. But yeah, they, they maybe they just had good summers this year. We'll see. It will be.
3: It's going to be interesting in, in the offseason, so the, the the all these former Cubs where they end up. Don't be surprised yeah. if the Cubs, if, if if they put in the DH, which is a possibility, the DH may be the National League. too, do don't be surprised if they go back to Kyle Schwarber. Take hey.
0: Come back to us. Yeah, my my thinking is that I, I don't I don't really expect any of them to come. I know you know Brian isn't coming back, but oh, I, no. I really don't think any of them are gonna come back. But Schwaber may be because I guess he left all the terms and the other guys who left who got traded this summer. So that would be cool. I mean because I don't want to see Schwaber in the left field again. I, if he's gonna come back, yeah, let him DH or something, you know. But I want to see him in the field. Actually,
3: you know what's funny is, is you know, he made, made a couple of mistakes uh, playing first base with Boston, but he actually has gotten better watching him yeah. play, you know. And, I you know, it's right. Have you ever dealt with uh, Kyle Schwarberg in any level? Have you ever talked with him or interviewed No, I him? haven't,
0: no. No. He
3: is. He's one of those guys when you spend some time with him, you just like him. He seems like know? it.
2: Well, that's what we when Kyles are, you
0: know?
3: <laughs> yeah you know you when you walk into the locker room he'll come up to you and ask how you're doing type of thing you know i mean there, there's something something really cool about that and I, I spent some when he came in town um the last towards the end of the season he came in with boston we we, he, we had a nice long conversation that i can't divulge because it was off the record but it, it suffice to say that he's somebody that appreciated where we where he was at here with the cubs but you know he, he you know he, he's not starry-eyed about his situation. He he knows what it is, and he's he's happy. He's you know he's got his uh, his his contract this year, and he's he's going to move on. And you know Boston may keep him or may not. But he's one of those guys. You go, you know what? I hope he does well because he's a good guy. You know he's not one of these sure twits. <laughs> and and, and
0: I, I I love his appreciation for uh, nine hip hop. You no know, playing <laughs> thuggish, rubbish, muck up. Like, that, that endears him. That endears him that grew up of, with rap in the 90s. But, good. <laughs> I, I was just about to wrap up, you know, Shell. Really appreciate speaking to you. I, I kept you a little longer again. I'm always going along with these shows. I, you were okay. just great the whole way through. Uh, just a wealth of information. Be present, and uh, always great to talk. And uh, yeah, this uh, definitely want to uh, have you back on sometime soon.
3: Well, thank you, Drew. Thank you, Kyle. It's always fun. Take care, and hopefully, we'll have some better beer stuff. I got it. Yep.
2: <laughs> <laughs> thank
0: you, Cheryl. It was a pleasure. Yeah, I, I do thank too. You. But yeah, we'll have some talk about at least. At least we got that going for us.
3: <laughs> Sounds great. Take care,
0: guys. All right. All right. You too. <laughs> the great Cheryl Ray Stout. Really uh, always great talking to her. And, um, yeah, just a, a great way to wrap up this evening, this uh, edition of Monday Night Means. Drew, man, appreciate you as always, bro. Any, anything else you want to get off your chest or anything? I, oh, uh, right, right, so, quick. Let me Let me shout you out. Was this your first piece for On Tap? that uh, I saw over the weekend.
2: Yes. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Uh, dropped on Friday. Um, just a piece about uh, Zach Levine and, and why his, his next step can't be MVP. Yeah. Kind of Harkening yeah. back to D. Rose and his press conference, uh, was that, 10 years ago? So Right, yeah. Why can't it be MVP? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. On yeah, tap I, on Sportsnet. Sportsnet.
2: Yep, on tap Sportsnet. Um should have a new a new piece dropping tomorrow on Vucevic. You know, he's he finished the preseason shooting one of 16 from behind the arc. Um, I've seen some fans kind of getting a little anxious about that, but I got something dropping tomorrow, you know, about why that shouldn't be a concern at all. So be on the lookout for that. Um and to yeah. your early point, man. It's always a pleasure chopping it up with you, man. Yeah, damn.
0: Appreciate it, man. And uh yeah, yeah tomorrow we'll oh, what you say?
2: No, say your, your
0: piece NBC sports Chicago man oh well you know I'm grinding man you know I'm and I'll all, I'll be putting up stuff from from NBC sports uh Chicago the website of course and uh you know, the my team sports app you know if you want to support uh download that and, and get you know all types of coverage on all the teams here in Chicago and stuff or in, in other markets as well where they got NBC uh sports channels so uh, yeah, I'm doing my thing, man. Just uh, you know, just like I said, keep on grinding, and 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 you doing it as well. Shout out to Josh who got a nice piece in the DePaul newspaper today, uh, talking about the uh, uh, Sky uh, DePaul uh, connection there. You know, of course, Allie Quigley is a former DePaul uh, player who was starring on the Sky. So, uh, yeah, we all doing it, man. We 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 all will be getting together tomorrow for, uh, to begin our, our NBA preview talk. Uh, we have a, we'll have shows on Running With War on Tuesday and Wednesday uh, coming up this week. Wednesday we'll have School B joining us to help us preview the season as well. So, yeah, keep up with us this week. We got a lot going on. And uh, we'll be back here Monday as well, me and Drew with uh, – another Monday night means man and uh hopefully we'll have some better talk for the bears that week I don't know but but we'll definitely have more bulls talk we'll be able to talk <laughs> about the first couple bulls games, so I'm excited about that as well as uh you know whatever else is going on in the world we'll try to with, with the you know the baseball wrapping up now and you know like I said we, we did some wrestling talk no I know you didn't have much for that drew but I'm glad you you allowed allow me he and Deirdre do a joke, indulge ourselves. But you know, we'll probably step into some other things here and there, you know. If we had some more time, I might have gone into the verses with uh, Big Daddy Kane and, and KRS-One. Did you see any of that? I didn't. I missed
2: it, man. <laughs> I yeah, I missed it it was dope.
0: For what I yeah. saw it was dope. I'm sure the rest of it was dope, too. But, you know, that's that's that real, real hip-hop there. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, I'm always for that, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, we 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 willing to we we gonna be willing to get into a little bit of everything with this show, you know, over time. And uh, you know, but uh definitely today we had to salute those sky, you know, uh, again such a great story. And uh, you know, with with a person like Cheryl Ray on, you know, you gotta have her talk about everything in Chicago sports. So she definitely brought it well with all that. So we appreciate her. Uh, appreciate all y'all who uh, tuned in and will tune in. Keep watching on YouTube. Uh, subscribe to War Media uh, if you like, and you can get notified whenever we uh, do our live streams. Uh, and uh, also, War on Anchor, subscribe to that as well. We're on all the major platforms Spotify, everything, uh, iHeartRadio, wherever you want to get podcasts on, just search War Media. And you can uh you can get us there. So, you know, keep rocking with us, keep rocking with all our friends, collaborators on our other platforms as well. And uh yeah. Until then, till next time, we'll holler at y'all. All right. Yes, sir.